You're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. We're so thankful you have joined us as we continue our series, Roadblocks and Objections to Living Scent. Today, I'm joined, as always, or I guess almost always, by James All Ross. but one time. All, All but, but one time. time uh, by our co-host, James Ross, lead pastor here at Church on Bayshore. How you doing, buddy? I am doing well. You know, I was actually thinking, I think you call this... Uh, little series we're doing something different each week. It's because. like obstacles and barriers, roadblocks and objections. Because then I put it, I like come up with one and I put it on paper and I'm like, nah, that's not it. So it is officially roadblocks and objections. Okay, roadblocks that's what I typed in to previous uh, posts. So that's what went Got out. Got it. Got <laughs> so it. Okay. I do. I, t- I kind of change things. And I get that yeah. from my dad who just makes up names for things. I remember distinctly one time we were going to eat at a restaurant called Pasta Max. And Pasta he was Max. like, that I sounds like a Metro Atlanta restaurant that and, lasted for two years. And I remember in the car, he's like, well, I can't wait to see what they have at this great American pasta factory. That's <laughs> like, we died like, for like uh, five minutes, like uh, just cracking up. I get well, it. Important I get question. It, was it Walmart or Walmarts <laughs> growing up for you? Definitely Walmart. But my okay, grandparents good. said Kroger's. Kroger's. We Walmart didn't have Kroger's. Kroger's. Kroger. Kroger's they also said Cubans. In Florida. We have Publix in Florida. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's how do you, how do you make that plural? Publix. Yeah, Publix's. you don't. Yeah, but Walmarts, why would you say I'm going to Walmarts? Are you going to like more than one Walmart? If you do, you, you may have on? an issue. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, one is enough yes. to do me in. Like 30, 30 seconds in a Walmart, it's like I'm, I, I'm overstimulated. My eyes, like I can't see. I'm done. Yeah. I rarely go to Walmart. Christy handles handles the biz. Grocery pickup for the win. That's all yeah, I Yeah, that is a good. That has revolutionary, revolutionized don't you feel so, our life. Don't you feel so like bougie using that? Like it's not like you're fancy if you get grocery pickup or Especially because you're getting anymore. it from Walmart. Yeah. But like, that's what like, you know, Miss Daisy did back in the day. Like, (laughs) speaking of Miss Daisy, that's a good segue into the. the What an outdated reference. That's right. That's right. As we pick up uh, today talking about, uh, isn't the Bible outdated and repressive? Just like Miss Daisy was. (laughs) Like Miss Daisy. So as we are uh, in this series, Roadblocks and Objections, we're talking about uh, as we are living sent, as Mm. we are out living missionally, uh, investing in people relationally, sharing the gospel, inevitably we will encounter questions that people have. And those questions are sometimes just sincere struggles. Sometimes they are uh, forcible objections to Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to talk through uh, just some pointers on how to have conversations, some ways that you can interact with this question, and then also some resources to follow up with. So today we are talking specifically about uh, if you're talking about someone, you know, the, we we as Christians we go to the Bible as our source of authority. Yeah. It is the story of God. It's this revelation to us of Himself, the story of redemption, the story of of Jesus. It, you know, He is the center of the story. However, when we start referencing the Bible 
uh, as authority, we're uh, often met with several critiques. And so this week and next week, we're going to talk about some of those. And this week specifically, we're going to talk about the objection that you may have encountered. In fact, you may have thought this at times, uh, is, isn't the Bible just outdated and downright at times repressive or mm. oppressive to people mm. or people groups. So mm. let's let's talk about this. Let's start with some of the common critiques you would yeah. hear on this. Well, I think the, the most common critique, and I would probably say, I mean, 95% of statistics are made up on the spot, so That's I'm going right. to make this one make up. Make it up. But I would say probably 85 to 90% of that stems from uh, the, the family role, family structure. Mm-hmm. You know, that the Bible seems to paint this picture of men being the leader, women, you know, kind of... Uh, coming underneath that, you know, and listening to what they say. And, and and so there's this distinction between the men and women and all these things. And so I think that that uh, is primarily where that comes from. And so they, they, they then say, well, the Bible is repressive of women. Uh, the Bible is not for equality, those kind of things. So, you know, what, what's interesting to me about this and, and, you know, you, you say what you think is I think that, a lot of times when people make this critique, they're actually not critiquing the Bible mm-hmm. and what it says about family, but they're critiquing a uh, model of family that has been connected to the Bible, but probably erred too far on the side of actually being a little repressive to women. Right. I agree. <laughs> I think, you know, uh, with our younger kids, we just watched uh, WandaVision on Disney Plus, And it's the, the premise there. It kind of parodies the first few episodes, 50s, 60s, and then 70s sitcoms. In the 50s, it's kind of a parody of I Love Lucy. And you see these characters who were Marvel Avenger heroes. And they're in these traditional husband-wife roles as portrayed in sitcoms. And it's right. so my kids were so confused about, I mean, it's kind of confusing for them just to begin with, but so confused about why they were acting that way. And I think that's a great example of, you know, we've had these traditional roles uh, and, and a lot of it, you know, is informed more by tradition and culture than it is actually the Bible. Yeah. Uh, And I think as we, as we talk about what God's design is for family roles, is there uh, a design, yes. But yeah. is there also a great liberty right, in right. that design? Yes. And I think that liberty is where the church, uh, you know, I, and as a whole, especially I, I, we're talking about the Western church right now, I think culturally has erred in, in over time is by uh, just enforcing some of those traditional roles and really uh, boxing in the idea of what it means to be a man and be a woman and not walking in the liberty of what those relationships should look like. Yeah. And I I think so any, any critique of just about anything is going to typically stem from what you've been exposed to culturally. Right. So a lot of the critiques of, you know, the Bible are on the applications of the Bible that they've seen in, you know, the culture they're in. And so for us, you know, at least in the South, primarily you've seen this kind of, and it's changed, but probably over the last hundred years, you know, men, well, let's just be honest, you know, it's been less than a hundred years. I think that women could vote. So, you know, that men could vote. Um, and a lot of churches, you know, women should dress in a certain way. Um, and I, and I think some of that originally stems from good intentions to apply the scripture. Um, but also in that are some, uh, just, uh, misinformed applications of the scripture. And so, you know, they're, they're, I think a lot of people go to the extremes of a woman, you know, can't wear pants and a woman, you know, 
can't speak in, you know, any gathering and um, should be in the kitchen and and the men make all the decisions and, you know, all those things. And um, again, I think that some people have good intentions in that. Uh, but at the same time, I think that uh, some of what you see is just not biblical. And I, and I think that we need to be very clear about what is coming from the Bible about these things and what is not coming from the Bible in, in regards to these things. Yeah, and I think we so often just have an idea of what this looks like. And I think um, as to think about specifically roles of men and women and tradition over time. Uh, I, I remember having this thought one time, like there was a, a woman who uh, had a, this big ministry and she had a big personality and I, and she was great. Like, uh, and I remember thinking, well, her husband just must be this, like, it was, this is a wrong thought. Just let me say this. I remember thinking like, she's this uh, boisterous, like such a charismatic person. Like, her husband must just be off the charts because certainly has to yeah. be more. Now that was really wrong thinking. And God corrected me in that thinking like, hey, as husbands and wife, we're, we're called to compliment each other. Right. And the biblical model for this, like I think, we so easily think this is what a man should be. This is what a woman should be. And yes, there's things in scripture, but honestly, when we talk about the, the husband wife relationship or women and men in general, that as the husband wife relationship, mm-hmm. the, we're called to help each other thrive and walk mm-hmm. in our strengths. You know, as you mentioned roles in church, like there's, there's things that I think we just as tradition have accepted as things mm-hmm. that uh, women can or can't do, or men must do mm-hmm. rather than looking at, you know, what is uh, God's design uh, in the relationship between man and, mm-hmm. and and woman, and I think what we what we do is we we ask what what is allowable, what is allowable, rather than what is God's plan. If we go back to Genesis, like mm-hmm. go back to the garden, and, mm-hmm. I, and I've you know learned this uh, recently, just this this mindset of like go back to the garden and look at God's original design, and you see man and woman and they are co ruling, and, and they're, they're naked. Design. They're naked. <laughs> they are. You forgot to um, mention that uh, point. Yeah. That's a great. That point. wasn't the point, but it is the <laughs> point. Yeah, <laughs> but it's but they were co ruling. Now they were different. Right. They had different responsibilities, yeah. but they were equal in mm-hmm. their importance, mm-hmm. equal in their dignity, equal in their their worth and value. Yeah. And I think where we have erred in culture and in the church is assigning value to different roles. Yeah. And like elevating the, the role and the value of a role yeah. over another role. Uh, and, and really what that does is... Uh, it lessens the value of one when it's, right. like it's not the intent. And you, we kind of just dove in. I, th- I thought we'd take a little bit longer to get there, but you know, <laughs> Sorry, in, into the issue. So we'll, we'll start with that issue, you know, of, of husband and, and wife. I, I would say to that though, um, the problem, and I, I, you've heard me say this a lot, and I probably said this on Buggy Talk before is we're all often dealing with counter narrative versus care, counter narrative. Sorry, something got in my throat there. I don't know if that was the Holy Spirit trying to slow me down or something. A little farther away here. Yeah. Um, But uh, we really should be looking at the meta narrative of scripture and what God's design is. You know, so, so, so it is fair to say uh, the Bible tells us, you know, instructs women they should be homeward in their orientation. Mm -hmm. So the reality is, you know, a woman's first role is the, the managing of her home, you know, I mean, and, and, that's just clear in scripture. Uh, it also tells, you know, pastors that if they can't manage their own household, then, you know, well, then they shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be in ministry. So it doesn't mean that a man. That's only her response. Yeah, right. But I do think, you know, that a lot. So so you're right in that we can't, we can't hold this traditional view of the roles of men and women 
just as we've seen it elevated above the Bible. And so there's freedom there. But at the same time, we can't say, well, I don't like that model. Right. And, and I'm going to neglect the responsibility that right, God has exactly. given me. You can't me. run the total opposite way. Yeah. yeah. But, but to say that, you know, so we have, we have, and you too, you know, we have a lot of children. So like for my wife to be homeward in orientation, she really feels in this stage of life, like she can't work outside the home, but we know women who are homeward in their orientation who make more than their husbands, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and in the Bible, you have those calls on women's life, but you also have the woman who's praised, who makes money for her family in Proverbs yeah. 31. Um, so, so, you know, I think yeah. that I think the question comes down to like, are we trying to live out the principles of the Bible? Mm-hmm. I, I say all that to say, though, it is very clear in the scripture that, you know, men are the spiritual leader of the home. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's a responsibility that God has placed on him. Um, and that's a responsibility that shouldn't be taken from him. Um, I know that sometimes men don't follow that the way they should, but I think that, you know, if you're in one of those marriages, you really need to be walking with people, getting advice on how uh, you continue to encourage him to be the spiritual leader of your home. Um, and then, man, I would just say, dude, you're called to be the spiritual leader of your home. Right. So, and that's from God. Mm-hmm. So, again, I don't think it has to look like, you know, WandaVision. I haven't seen WandaVision. <laughs> oh, you should. It was it's quality. Uh, yeah, we we've been wa- trying to watch the Chosen oh, more more yeah. Christian That's material. Good. Yeah, because I told you it was good, and you so were the, like mocking it, but oh, I was like, just give it a chance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out on that. But so so you know, I I, I think that I, I would probably move then to because you alluded to this, so that we yeah. kind of I think we've talked about the roles of husbands and wives enough. But, yeah, but, and it goes back to there's there's things that are prescriptive and descriptive. Right, yeah. And there's liberty in the descript, or, yeah, descriptive. Right, Let me yeah, try to say that right. But there are prescriptive things. And so we want to be sure we're doing that right and understand that it may look different family to family. It doesn't mean that the responsibilities right, shift, right, but it, does, right. it is going to look And I think it goes back to what you said at the beginning. So much of people's pushback to the repressiveness of uh, of the Bible to, uh, and I would say specifically towards women, uh, really is from their observation of how it's uh, been practiced in tradition more so than what Scripture says. Because Scripture actually, you go through, look at Jesus's ministry and his inclusion of women, uh, Paul's inclusion of women in ministry, uh, in his ministry that. And, and tradition where, where scripture has gone, where the church has grown and expanded, yeah. the the women have been the, the status of women in culture have been elevated because of Christianity. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. so that's praise God for that. And, yeah. and you know, hopefully we continue uh, to evaluate to, you know, always going back to scripture yeah. uh, and, and looking through the lens of the Bible. All right. So let's talk about another objection that we may hear too. And that is uh, the Bible being taken literally. Can you take the Bible literally? How do you know what's literal and what's not? Let's talk about that. Yeah. And next week we'll talk about that related to science. But I think for this week, you know, it's these, these scriptures really like talking about women, you know, and men and their roles. And uh, first Corinthians, you know, for example, Paul talks about women wearing head coverings in service and mm-hmm. uh, you know, men not wearing head coverings. And and the reason that Paul's writing that, if you really understand the context and you really read the text is he wants to focus to be on Christ and service. And so, you know, for a woman to not wear head covering and her hair show, uh, some would say was probably typical of what prostitutes did to get attention back then. Uh, secondly, it was definitely distracting because that was immodest in that culture. And that's immodest in some cultures today. And so for us, you know, that's not necessarily co- 
distracting to see a woman without a head covering. In fact, I would say it's probably more distracting to see a woman with a head covering. And so what, what's the intent of Paul in writing this? How does it apply in our culture today? You know, there's definitely um, needs to be looked at. Granted, a woman who says, hey, it says that literally. And so that's why I do it. Like, I get it. I actually had a, a lady in my previous church who she was a new believer. And she was like, am I supposed to wear a head covering? If so, I will do it. And I'm like, I love that that is your heart. Like whatever the Lord says, he's my master, I'm going to do it. Um, but, you know, again, I, I don't know that it really serves the same purpose today. So somebody would say, oh, well, then, you know, they wouldn't let pastors, women be pastors back then. And because they were uneducated and all that stuff. That's a great point. And, but Paul says, when he talks about that, he says, because God created Adam first. So Paul's reference to women being pastors is actually uh, a connection to creation. Mm -hmm. It's not a connection to culture. Right. So you really have to know the Bible just a little bit, honestly, mm -hmm. to, to understand, Hey, one, talks strictly about the culture and one does refer to creation when it addresses the issue. And two, as you're reading the Bible, it's important to understand that, you know, I think we read the Bible a lot of times and we forget that within the Bible, there's different forms of writing. You know, right. there's, there's narrative, there's yeah, the yeah. letters, epistles, there's poetry and prose, there's prophecy, there's the gospels, and these are all different ways of writing. Uh, and so, and even within some of those books, you know, there's literal and there's metaphorical and there's figurative language. You know, Paul in his writing sometimes is quoting a song that yeah. was sung in the early church. And, you know, if you look at the creation account, we'll talk more about this uh, next week when we talk about science, but, you know, it's there there is, you know, and there's a lot of debate about this, but there's clearly there's times when it's some of it's figurative and it's not, you know, the point is to describe how not to prescribe. This is exactly how God created, but yeah. this is, you know, this is God created. Yeah. And so we have to also remember, we have to do the the work of understanding yeah. the form, the literary form, but also the con you said this, the context, the culture. And then and you use that as the lens that we're reading through so that we understand, you know, what what is meant to be like a literal this is and what is like what is bigger picture of what God is saying. And we started talking about some of the the issues that then arise from this. So let's talk about some of some of the other issues. Well I want I want to go back to this issue just to double down on it because I, I want it to be clear here, like, because we as a church, you know, people, people come to our church and have left our church because we don't have a women, a woman pa pastoring. Um, and I would say we do have women pastoring and shepherding, but we don't have women in the office of pastor. Um, and it's because of the Bible. It's not because I, I mean, in my flesh, I really care less. I'll be honest with you. You know, I grew up in a home where my mother was a, a leader in the workplace. And, um, you know, I, I hope my daughter, you know, is a leader. She has just this fire in her to be a leader. Um, and so, and, and, and as a church, we've actually, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I love our church, but women have been, uh, aside from few women personalities that are like going to make sure they're heard. Historically, women have been silenced in our church more than they should be. And so we want them to have a role and to speak and to read scripture. I mean, they're prophetesses in the Bible and all that stuff, but this role of pastor uh, is restricted. Um, so, so as if I see a church and it's like pastor Justin and Christy and you guys are together, like I have no issue with that. That would be unreceived well here in our context. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
you're shepherding together, you're the spiritual leader. But the problem is if a woman is a pastor and her husband is not, the, the role of pastor is a position of spiritual authority. Mm -hmm. um, that's clear from Paul's writings. And so if she's the pastor and her husband is not, then she's the spiritual authority in the home. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that Beth Moore can't have a great speaking ministry right. and her husband be, because um, she doesn't call herself a pastor right. or anything like that mm -hmm. to people. So I, I think like the danger in going to a church that says we have this is they've started to to move themselves under the, from under the authority of the scripture uh, on this issue. But then the danger of going to church that silenced women yeah, is, I mean, what's going on there? Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> there's some big questions yeah. to be asked there. Yeah. And here it's not necessarily... It's just, that's how we've always done it. Yeah. You know? It goes back to like the tradition of things rather than like, let's, let's examine what scripture, yeah. and like, instead of saying what's permissible, what's God's design. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So let's continue talking about some of the other issues, you know, like uh, of being outdated or the Bible uh, condones uh, slavery. You yeah. hear that? Mm. So, mm. uh, Let's just be clear about that. The Bible does not condone <laughs> slavery. And, uh, you know, I think we can say that. But it that, tells masters how to treat their slaves, Justin. Right. Tell and me about that. And that is not condoning. It is, it is, you know, as we look at Scripture, yes. Does it talk about slavery? Yes. It's acknowledging that slavery exists. But it's also saying that in this, this is how to respond. Like, even even in this, it's it's... It's, it's wrong, but even in this, this is how to honor God, no matter what. Right, right. And so we have to be careful about saying that just because it's in there, right. that it's condoned or approved. And certainly, you know, the mistreatment of anyone is not yeah. condoned in Scripture. You know, even if you go back to, you know, stories in the Old Testament where, you know, there's there's wars and God— uh, you, you, like, he uses his people as instruments of really destruction mm -hmm. against our people. Mm -hmm. That is, it's not even necessarily a condoning of that as much as right. like, this is a wretched thing. And it's, it's the, it's the picture of God's wrath against disobedience. Yeah. And yeah. that's humbling. Yeah. I, th I think people read the Bible with one or two lenses, either the lens that God is good and loving or that God is not. Mm -hmm. And when you begin to read the Bible with the lens that God is not, you begin to read the about wars with a different context. You 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 all of a sudden forget, hey, he's talking about a very evil society they're going to war with, you know? And then you see the thing about slavery and you're like, oh, God doesn't care about black people, which it wasn't talking about black people. You know, it was talking about really Jews, you know, often or or uh, just people who are the same citizenship. And, and God is just writing to the people, you know? And we have the privilege in our country where they're, you know, I mean, I, there isn't slavery the way it has been historically in all cultures. However, God wrote to people in those cultures and gave them hope on how to live their lives, you know? And so when you read the Bible through the lens of a prosperity gospel, it's like, why would he say these things? Mm. But it's like, there are people who they were never free. Right. And yet God gave them hope. And God told those masters in this society how to be different than you know, unchristlike masters. Yeah. Well, let's talk about um, issues of of gender and homosexuality as well. You know, this is a certainly a pressing issue in our culture now. Yeah. And you know, and I think that is a lot of the pushback is that well, the Bible is just repressive to people uh, in this way. So, how would you respond to that? Why don't you answer that one? Well, I would say, <laughs> you know, God has given us design. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and the struck like God's design is not ever to 
oppress or to repress right. us, yeah. but it's so that we would flourish. You know, Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. So if there's a command of scripture, if there's a thou shalt in scripture, it's not so that God can, you know, just say, Lord it over us and say, if you don't do the, you know, it's, yeah. but it's like, this is God saying, I created you. Like, mm-hmm. I think when we back it up, you know, big picture view, God created us. And he created us in his image. Mm-hmm. And who knows what's best for us better than our creator? Mm-hmm. Who knows what's best for us? Mm-hmm. I certainly, I think I know what's best for me. You know, as a parent, I, I think I know what's best for my kids, but I ultimately don't know mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. But God does. Mm-hmm. And God gives uh, gives us this, you know, we're created in his image and he created his image to flourish in his mm-hmm. image. And we, when we rebel against that, mm-hmm. you know, that leads to our destruction. It leads to our separation. It leads to us missing out on what he wants. And it separates, it's, ultimately it separates us from it, but it's God's heart and God's design for us to flourish. And so when we buck up against, uh, you know, gender, you know, gender fluidity and saying, you know, men and we, we are men, we are when we are created that mm-hmm. way. Uh, it really is, um, you know, and it, and it sounds hard, but it's it comes from a place of humility. Mm-hmm. It comes from a cl- place of compassion to say, you know, that God's heart is is to redeem yeah. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, I think that we live in a society that says, um, pursue the desires of your flesh. Mm-hmm. And anything you think you want, if there's a God, you know, he exists to serve that. And he affirms it. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't think every situation is the same and I've had the privilege of having conversations with people who would identify as, um, a homosexual or identify as, uh, someone who believes they were born with the wrong, um, you know, biology, uh, but you know, and, and one of the arguments would be, well, Jesus really never talked about this. Well, I, he did, actually. He referred to God created the male and female and, and the design of marriage. So Jesus did very much af- talk about this. Um, and then, of course, homosexuality is addressed as, as you know, sin several times in the Bible. And, and what I would say to you and, and, you know, is I want to first say I'm having a one minute conversation right now mm-hmm. that's a lifelong journey with someone, perhaps. But if you identify yourself as a man or woman who is attracted to the same sex or who feels like you shouldn't be what you are. You know, God did create you the way you are. And God created us to have, you know, for lack of a better phrase, heterosexual relationships. The feelings you have, I'm not denying that you have them. And it is possible that it will mean you live your life single. It will, it is possible that, um, you will struggle with all your life, just as people struggle with other things all their life. But the question for you is, is who is the Lord? Is, is, is who do you trust yourself or God? And, um, and, and I don't think you're worse than me because you have this struggle, even though Christians have historically said you're worse than me. I don't, I don't think you're worse than somebody who lies about their faith all their life. In fact, if you're admitting this, you know, that's, that's a big step. But ultimately, it comes down to, you know, who is the Lord of your life? And if you say, well, this is who I am, and I'm not changing, even for God, then you're the Lord of your life. Mm. And I know that's a struggle, but that's really what it means to wrestle and submit to God. And you say, so you're saying, I'm going to live all my life without this? I'm saying to any Christian, 
that living our lives, not giving into the desires of the flesh, which are counter to God's will, is worth it. It's worth it now, and it will be the suffering of this world will not be worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us in heaven. Mm -hmm. And and then as a church, if you're my friend, like as as a community believers, we have to walk with you in that struggle. Yeah, and I think what has been missing so often in church in that conversation and things that we're sharing is is grace and compassion yeah. you know mm-hmm. and and there has been there has been judgment in that and mm-hmm. you know and i think we have to just say you know as christians start from this place of humility and that when we start from a place of humility in that mm-hmm. conversation in any of these conversations particularly in that one you know we're coming at from a pro- the approach of like we're no better no one else is any better like mm-hmm. we all need the lord and the ultimate question is 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 he lord yeah and and just to christians i think i think Seems like this is naturally wrapping up, you know. uh, So if you're talking to someone about trusting in Jesus and they don't believe in Jesus and they're like, I don't believe I can't follow something because, you know, I'm I'm homosexual or my friends are homosexual, which is typically the thing. Or, you know, I don't believe in what the Bible says about women's roles and all this. Your goal is not to get them. So I shouldn't be banging on the table here. Your goal is not to get them to agree to your view of sexuality right. or to agree to your view of men's and women's roles. Your goal is to get them to see how great Jesus is. And once we begin to trust Jesus, we begin to say, Hey, if I can trust him for salvation and I feel the spirit in my life, man, I could begin to trust change some of these things that I yeah. thought I could never change. Right. About and he my does life. it. He's the one who's changing it in us because yeah, he's, he's doing it. He's doing yeah. the work. I gr- absolutely agree. And I think too, as we have these conversations, it's important to say, to admit too that there are times, you know, as we wrap it up, we say there are times, and all these things we're talking about, and other issues about Bible being outdated and repressive. There are times that the church, the big church, this church, all there are times historically right now, there are times when the church has gotten this wrong. Yeah, and we have to admit that, mm-hmm. be humble in that, and we mm-hmm. have to say also, you know what? There are times even right now we might need mm-hmm. to, we we need to not just might we need to evaluate. We need to say, God, are we? Are we not walking in the truth of your word? Are we just relying upon what we thought mm-hmm. was right, our own tradition? But seriously, this is your word is the filter. That's right. Uh, and and change those things. Then also trust him for grace in the future because yeah, right. you're going to get it wrong mm-hmm. in the future. And I, I would say if, if you've been hurt by some of this stuff in the past, like don't let uh, mankind's interpretation and application of scripture keep you from searching. Yeah, that's good. And 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 seeking. Uh, two uh, resources, or a couple of resources. We want to just say too, as you as you're talking about this, uh, that we have both found uh, helpful. Uh, and there's plenty of resources. Certainly, you know, some people with these questions start with um, like the case for Christ, the case for faith, Lee Strobel's books. We recommend those. Those are great. I I call I've recommended them to a number of people because they're really readable, but they're also encouraging, mm-hmm. uh, challenging. Making think of things you've never thought of, specifically about questions of faith in the Bible. Another book uh, is, I'm going to hold it up for those of you watching, The Reason for God, Tim Keller. Uh, I know for you, this book has been incredibly impactful. It's it's very uh, conversational. It helps you just kind of think, oh, I've never thought about that question mm-hmm. regarding faith. And then another book that is a similar structure to Reason for God, Confronting Christianity. I would say Reason for God uh, is a little more philosophical in helping you think through the wise. And then this book takes some of the same questions uh, that Tim Keller writes as Confronting Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin and uh, and just kind of fleshes them out with a little more um, 
uh, just some data research and and some you know questions. So those are great resources uh, to begin answering, uh, follow up some of these questions. And Is that the, the same question. lady who wrote that song? I don't want to wait. <laughs> That's Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah, Sarah McLaughlin. Okay, <laughs> that's also the uh, the song that's like on the I, animal commercials too. The um, no, I, I will, will remember. remember you. That's right. That we're going to sign off with that. We will remember you. I think the moral for today is remember how Miss Daisy changed her perspective. <laughs> <laughs> hey, really, if you're struggling through any of this or you are walking with someone and struggling through this, we would love to have more conversations with you personally to help you um, walk through the situation you're walking through or answer the questions that you have. Yeah, we really so would. As always, reach out, send us a message, email us, James or Justin at Church on Base. Not James or Justin, but James <laughs> at Church on Base Shore, Justin at Church on Base Shore.org. I uh, would be happy uh, to talk with you, to have a little, uh, more clarity, more conversation, and uh, help uh, maybe make things a little more unmuddy or maybe muddy them up a little bit more. I don't know. <laughs> right, yeah. So as always, thanks for joining us. Join us next week as we dive into some more questions of the Bible, specifically related to science and history. Mm. Thanks for joining us. I only believe in science. <laughs> thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.